Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to The Naked Podcaster. This is Jen and today I have Savannah Schiavo. And Savannah, you're, instead of a website, you have a Facebook page and it's Savannah Schiavo Coaching. How are you? Hi, Jen. So good. Thank you so much for having me on here. You're welcome. I love it. Tell me all about coaching and what you do. And I'm like, I said that you don't have a web page because I'm kind of excited that you don't have a web page. <laughs> yes, I have a Facebook page right now. That's how people find me, Savannah Schiavo Coaching. I am a life and confidence coach. I work with people, particularly women and particularly entrepreneurs, is really where I love to I love to work with people. But um, work with women who are really learning to navigate and overcome feelings of self-doubt and fear and overwhelm so that they can get to confidence, so that they can get to self-love and they can ultimately build the businesses and really the lives, the relationships, the dreams that they, that they want for themselves. And I think confidence is where that really starts to drive all the amazing actions we take in our lives. I'm curious how many women and entrepreneurs are women admitting their self-doubt and their anxiety pretty openly? Oh man, what a good question. As someone who was an entrepreneur and didn't want to admit my own self-doubt, I think we don't always recognize that we're having self-doubt. We're just sort of like, ah, you know, a Facebook funnel doesn't work. Or like, I don't know why they didn't, they, this client didn't want to work with me or why people aren't buying my product. We don't even realize it's because like we have a lack of self-belief in ourselves, you know? So I think it's really pervasive. I think, you know, building a business comes from really believing that you can help people or you can offer them something that they want or need. And that is... Like there's no better challenge, and, and I think you know this as an entrepreneur, there's no better challenge that's going to ask you to grow and become a bigger person, you know, evolve to the next version of yourself like entrepreneurship. And that is because of feelings like self-doubt that are so pervasive that come up every time we have a new goal or we stretch ourselves or ask something new of ourselves. So definitely, I think it's, uh, it's really big in entrepreneurship in general, not just women. I think we, we hide or, um, I think we don't recognize self-doubt when it's just like, well, maybe I'm just not doing this correct. Like you just said, the funnel didn't work. Or we think it's what we're doing, the funnel or yeah. the website or the blog post or, you know, it's that sort of thing that we are doing or not doing correctly. And we don't, I think a lot of times we don't realize how much we doubt ourselves and we don't like, nobody likes the words, right? Nobody yeah the word. So self-doubt's not a bad one. Um, you also work with people with anxiety. 
Yeah. So um, I think anxiety is a really normal uh, human emotion. And clients that come and work with me on whatever they're working on, you know, maybe that's relationships, maybe that's business, maybe that's uh, changing careers, or maybe that's just, you know, wanting to feel better on whatever it is they're working on. Um, anxiety is something that we all experience. And it's definitely something that I have learned so much from. If there's one feeling that has really taught me um, the most out of, you know, my time on this planet, it's been anxiety. So that's definitely something that I work with clients with to help them understand how to process it. I don't think anyone can say that like, okay, you're going to do this thing or, you know, you're, you're going to work with this person and then you're just not going to feel it again. I think that's a really like sexy and unrealistic way of talking about the human experience. Like our human experience is experiencing emotions that don't feel good, but learning how to be with them, learning how to make space for them, learning how to manage them was a life-changing experience for me that really led me into um, building my own confidence and then really being able to teach it to, to other people and tools that can help them do that for themselves. Before the show, we were talking a little bit about anxiety. I told you I have family members. I feel like I've been surrounded by anxiety my entire life, but I don't have a lot in the way of experiencing it personally, which I'm blessed for. Statistically, I looked this up recently because one of my girls is really struggling with debilitating, severe debilitating anxiety. Mm. And 18% of the population suffers from some sort of anxiety disorder, but only 37% of them get help and it's a highly treatable situation. I know you've had different experiences and we'll get to that, but I want to address um, the 37% that get help. It doesn't mean that they're going to therapy. And also I like that you just pointed out the first, it's not a one and done. Nothing's a one and done. There's no magic pill. Even if you decide to go the route of medication, there's no like wand or magic pill that gets rid of this. It's more, right. I believe it's my belief that you learn to live with it. Would right. you agree? Yeah. Like, you know, as I'm, this is the work I do literally every day. Like I do my own, whether I'm coaching clients or I'm working with myself, there is plenty of anxiety. And I think that's such a great question because there's going to be anxiety in your life. Like when you do new things, your brain it's programmed to be like, whoa, this is not okay. Like what's going on here? I'm freaking out. Like our brains do that naturally. And when we fight, you know, when we fight feeling bad, and that goes for not just anxiety, but like when we fight shame, when we fight self-doubt, when we fight fear, when we fight the feelings that don't feel good to us in our bodies, we actually cause so much more suffering. And such a massive part of the experiences that I've had and the tools that I've learned and the tools that I share now is, is really helping people to feel everything, not just the good stuff, but the, the uncomfortable stuff too, because for anxiety, like you can't go around, which is what most of us try and do. You, you have to go through and it doesn't feel good, but it feels a 
hell of a lot better than, than resisting it and fighting it and judging yourself for it. So, yeah. Let's take me back. Take me back because I want to, at this point, I know I love who you're helping, predominantly women, entrepreneurs who suffer from self-doubt and anxiety and learning to live with that and supporting them in that and, you know, navigating the waters, working with it instead of fighting against it. I want to, before we jump into that, I have one more thing I want to say that, and I use this analogy frequently. I'm a runner and I was running, there was this like six foot four Indian guy that I used to, and I mean Indian, like he was from a tribe in Canada and he actually grew up with his tribe. His, his family um, were, they were very true to their tribal rituals. And so he had the best of both worlds kind of, he had all of the tribe support and information and everything passed down in a very like, normal, I guess. I know it's Canada, but like Americanized world, you know. Okay, so, yeah. Full upbringing of just society and going to a regular school, but he also had the support of his tribe. So we were running once and I loved his stories because it was such a cool upbringing and it was really windy one day. And I just told him, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't stand the wind, you know. And he said, well, your whole body's tight and you're fighting against it. We learn in our tribe that you let the wind go through you. If you relax your body and imagine that the wind just goes through you, like you're, like you're a strainer, you know, with all the holes in it, or that you're lighter than the air is, and it just goes through it, it won't bother you as much. And it was like a slap in the face in being taught something. Because so much in life now, I'm like, oh, yeah, there, there's an issue at work or there's an issue with the kids or there's an issue with something. There's something that's creating tension. And what you need to do, the easiest thing to do is relax and let the wind blow through you. I love that. I have not heard that before, but that that is the essence of learning how to manage feeling any feeling. Yes. Like so many of us run away, myself included. I mean, I was definitely someone that did that. When I, I used to be anxious and I would be like, I need sugar. And I ended up eating all, all the things because I was just, I, I needed that dopamine hit instead of feeling this feeling. And when I really learned how to process feelings, when I really learned how to be with anxiety and not try and get away, one of the results that I had was I stopped eating all the crap and I, I lost 35 pounds. And it's amazing to see it because it really was about like being in, like letting the wind go through me instead of trying to fight against it, instead of trying to make it go away. It, there's a beauty in letting it just be there you know, it's not comfortable, but it's also harmless and allowing it space and being there for yourself. Like this is so big is being there for yourself when you are scared is a life changing thing you can do for yourself. Well, like, you can use the wind blowing through you anytime you want. 
I love it. I totally will. It's uh, I think I think it's like a life lesson, but I mean, it wasn't. We were just we were talking about something physical that was uncomfortable, yes. and uh, like you you expressed that you were really hot, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I got to close the vent before we start because the air conditioning's blowing on me, and I I don't like cold." But I think it's the same when you feel something that's uncomfortable, whether it's emotional or physical, like wind or cold or heat. We tense our bodies up like bracing them and it does the opposite effect so i it's that was just a great lesson for life so yes i love it (laughs) bring me back because i know that you are doing what you're doing now for people was born out of how you were able to work through this so i want to know your story yeah um you know we talked about this before we we came on here but I did have a a pretty normal upbringing. Um, You know, I had an amazing childhood from what I can, from what I've decided. And I think for me, I didn't really know much about anxiety until I um, was probably about 19 or 20 and in university. And, you know, I started having not constant anxiety. And I wasn't someone who, you know, was experiencing some anxiety so severe that, you know, I wasn't leaving the house or anything. Um, but I didn't know how to deal with it when I was anxious and it was sort of showing up and it felt like a really big deal. So for me, I had a lot of anxiety around, you know, um, my health and my, and sort of my safety around that. And then sometimes money and the future and, you know, different things that I think are, are relatively common, but the way I was thinking about them and the way that those, you know, concepts were making me feel led to a lot of anxiety. And anyways, I was probably about 19 and I started, you know, really feeling that feeling of anxiety where you're just coursing through your, your body and it feels so uncomfortable and, you know, it feels really intense. And I remember my mom saying when I was 19, I'll never forget it. She said, you know, this is something we want to look at now. Like this is something you want to find tools to help with now because, you know, if you're 19 and this is what it looks like, like imagine if you left it unchecked, like where will you be when you're 40? You know, where will you be when you're 60? Like you want to take care of yourself now so that you can help yourself now and and learn tools now. And I mean, I took that with, you know, I, I definitely did some learning, but I think I, for many years after that, I sort of, felt like there was there was nothing I could do about it and I think we're sort of sold that it's like anxiety just happens to you and that's it like once you oh you're someone with anxiety like that's it that's your that's where you're at now you know that's just gonna be how it is and it wasn't until I sort of got into this point where things got you know I was really anxious and I really started looking for help that I learned to deal with anxiety and then all of the things that kind of came with it all of the other feelings any kind of negative uncomfortable feeling Uh, but it really started yeah when I was 19 and and then ran into my 20s so at 19 you were in the university yes and tell me you 
you, there's a lot. I, I also want to make the point that it's like with any other issue or illness, there are really great days and certainly great moments in the day. And you had some really cool things going on at that time. Tell me about uh, the boyfriend, the travel. Can you go into that part of the story a little bit? Yeah. So, um, you know, over the next, I graduated university and over the next decade or so, I did like really amazing things. But I think on the outside, people will be like, wow, she's killing it, you know? And I think I was killing it too. Like I was doing amazing things. Um, I always, you know, am, am surprised or maybe, maybe not even surprised, but just interested to hear people say, oh, wow, like, I never knew you were someone that, that had anxiety, like you come off as so confident. But over that decade, like really throughout my 20s, I was doing amazing things. I was, you know, I spent a year living in Bolivia, and I backpacked for, you know, nearly two years in that time. Um, I was, um, I found the love of my life, you know, I had made a successful career in uh, working with different NGOs as a charity, with charities, you know, I was doing great things, creating an amazing life for myself. But throughout, there were just these pockets of you know, episodes that were really fear riddled for me. And they would, you know, I'd be chugging along going great. And then something would happen. And I wouldn't know what to do. Like, now as a coach, the way I talk about it is I didn't know how to manage my mind. I didn't know how to deal with these feelings and how to deal with the, the scary things my brain was telling me. And I was just like, here I am, like, this is all real, you know, as, as I think if listeners that experience anxiety can attest to, it all feels really real. Even though when you're out of it, you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. There was no problem. It feels really real. Like the partner's going to break up with you or, you know, something bad's going to happen. Or, um, I think something bad's going to happen is a really big one that creates a lot of fear in us. And it's just a really unfriendly thought that comes to us. But all that to say, I think, um, for me, it looked like I was, doing amazing things. And I truly think I was, but I never could really take myself to the next level because I was always feeling like these pockets of fear whenever I tried to do something big or new. And it really held me back. I think that whether, I mean, if 18% of the population has a high level of anxiety, then certainly there's a lot, there's 80% of us who aren't struggling with that. But even as someone who can't struggle it, doesn't struggle with it daily or weekly, or it's not my, that's not my load to carry. Like it was yours. It has been yours. However, I can relate to it because, and I think any of us can, all of us have had a dream where you wake up and you're like, holy shit, that was terrifying. And there was a log and there was a river. And like the dream doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. But the feeling that you had in that when you wake up, logic and emotion, I, it's my favorite thing to say, they do not play well in the sandbox together. Yes. And so yes. logically, something on paper or something you talk about, like I know I could be like Savannah, this, I had the stupidest dream 
last night and I woke up in such a panic because of how it made me feel. And it was about something that doesn't even make sense. Doesn't like there's there's no logic to this dream, but the feeling is really real. And if you can take that situation where you've had a dream or even like we all create the story in our mind. So I'm going to go talk to my boss about a raise. That's something normal, right? And I don't mm -hmm. struggle with anxiety, but all of a sudden I'll, I'll be sitting there on my lunch break knowing the meeting's coming and I get a little nervous. Like I'm nervous. Well, what if I'm not worth it? What if he says no? What if I get fired? What if it's not, we play the what if story in our mind. What if they say this to me? And all of a sudden the story in our mind becomes something that is so derailed from just you know what? You're just, Savannah, you're just going to go in and ask for a raise. What really, logically, what's the worst case scenario? Um, but emotionally, again, we're not playing well in the sandbox, right? And so all of us can relate to these scenarios that may happen infrequently, but yes, we know that feeling. We, yeah. we know that feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, this is why I'm so fascinated with uh, working with entrepreneurs is because I see it in myself. Like we, it's exactly as you say, we're like, we think there's something out there that's going to help us build a successful business or be successful. And it's like, it really is like reeling in your own brain because the truth is with any business, with anything you want to do in your life, like there's going to be a lot of failure. You know, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, which uncertainty is a great breeding ground for anxiety and for fear and for self-doubt. And when we are able to be there for ourselves, when we're able to build our own self-confidence, we can handle it. You know, I think of a, a great story, Jen, that I'll share that's embarrassing, but it's also like it's such a great example of my brain just sort of running on its own. Um, when I was in Ecuador with my partner, <clears throat> we were staying at a hostel and the hostel had a kitten. Um, and it was their cat. It wasn't a stray cat, but this cat ever so slightly like grazed my hand with its paw, like not even a scratch. I remember not being able to see a scratch, but my brain just lost it. And it just went running away with this story that I had rabies, that I was going to get rabies. And, you know, it's, it's funny for me to laugh at now, but going to that time, like I, I remember sitting beside my partner and just crying because I was sure I was going to die from rabies, but I wasn't like, I wasn't taking action and I needed to do this. And it was so serious and so scary and was so real. And my partner and everyone were like, Hey, you're fine. There's no scratch. This is, and this is the thing is like, we're sort of never taught to not believe our brains. You know, like for me, that was such a game changer and it really like helped me also get into coaching because that was so much of the work I did on myself. But learning how to not believe the scary things that your brain hands you is a life changing skill because it stops holding you back. It stops terrifying you and it starts allowing you to get out into the world, to produce, to do something, to feel better. I mean, 
it's sort of the basis of the work that I do now, not just with clients, but, but with myself is really investigating my thinking instead of just believing like, yeah, I'm going to die from rabies here, you know, <laughs> whatever the thing is like, you know, now it's, it's really about the entrepreneurial space, but it's other things too. Like our brains just get away and we've never sort of been taught to question our own thinking, to think about our own thinking, which is something that really only humans can do in this world. It, you know, it's such a necessary skill to develop. I love the science behind the brain and I don't completely understand it, but I know when you're talking about manifesting and energy and wanting things, your brain will believe the story, whether it's happened or it hasn't happened. And so you need to create the story in your mind, which we all do. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing that we can create the story in our mind, but it needs to be for what we want to happen in the future. Not like, the cat with rabies or the river with the log and, you know, whatever. It, it's yeah. not those things. We need to program our brains to think about and really believe the stories that will help us, not the ones that won't. Yeah. And I want to go back. So we're talking like from 19 to 27. You, I, first of all, I cannot imagine having this level of anxiety around health, safety, and money hurting yourself, getting sick, having rabies. But not only that, when you wrote uh, your information to me, you said you were afraid it would ruin your life. Like that's huge. That's not just, I'll get rabies and I'll have to get the shots and that will suck. It, it was like, I'll have rabies. I'm going to die. It's going to ruin my life. It will be this. This is it. It was huge. And yet you were spending a year in Bolivia. You were traveling you were traveling all over the place. You said you traveled to more than 20 countries. Yeah. And you were in a relationship with the person you call the love of your life. Yeah. So it's hard for me to understand you're having all these feelings of anxiety that were enormous and yet somehow pushing through at that point you hadn't worked with the anxiety yet. So can we talk a little bit about how you pushed through and did all of those things while feeling totally overwhelmed? Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, it wasn't like I was in this constant state of uh, anxiety. Anxiety, and you know, I don't like to say to, about anybody, like the, the, the title, like, I'm an anxious person, because everybody experiences anxiety, and it's a human emotion, and, you know, I experienced it more frequently than maybe some people, but everybody is experiencing it. So I try not to let, you know, clients or myself or, or even friends and family like label themselves in that way, because I think it sort of, it's just an identity that you're giving yourself that doesn't necessarily serve you. But um, yeah, like I think for me, it was, it, I think it really came when my, I had an anxious episodes or anxious moments when my life was changing, you know, when I was doing something new or doing something big, which is what your brain does when, you know, change happens. Like as much as we enjoy change, the brain doesn't really love it. It's like, whoa, this could be dangerous. This might not be safe for you. I think you should really worry about this. I think you should think about this, you know, and for everyone that looks different, how their brain responds to change. But generally when we're growing and stretching, the brain's like, I don't know about this. 
And that's where anxiety can really come into play. So I was doing these amazing things and, you know, I, I would move to Bolivia and I remember right before I moved to Bolivia, I had, I had a, a period where I was really anxious, you know, and it lasted like an intense few days of just like crying and freaking out and, and being so scared that I was going to hurt myself or something was going to happen while I was there. And it was about you know, letting the storm pass for me at that time, I remember really thinking that like, this is just what happens, you know? And it was really like, I was, I, I it's like fighting a storm, you know, you can't fight it. I would fight it and fight it and fight it. And eventually it would pass, but I caused so much suffering for myself instead of like what we're talking about, which is letting it through and being there to, for yourself and attending to yourself and being kind to yourself. I, you know, I fought it. Yes, it would come through. And I, then I would continue charging on with my life, but it would last so much longer, be so much more painful and, you know, really halt me in my growth. I think about, you know, entrepreneurship now, like it's just not a way that you can like living with so much fear and going days of just freaking out and every letting your brain tell you the worst case scenario is about to happen and believing it. It's really hard to take massive action in your life, in your business, in your relationship. You know, it's really hard to, to show up and create amazing things. So I was chugging along, but I had these, you know, these spots in my life where it was just really difficult to work through, to get through. And it wasn't until later when I started actually learning how to be with it that I didn't have to be afraid of it coming on, didn't have to be afraid of anxiety. Like I have zero fear of anxiety now, which is not something that I could say for that, like, you know, decade plus of experiencing it. I'm so excited that you're talking to me so openly about <laughs> this. I mean, I know that's the point, but still, I'm really excited. I'm going to quote you. And um, because the words you used were very powerful. You said that with the self-doubt and the anxiety, it was stealing so much of the joy that came from these great moments. And you ha you couldn't have the ability to be as present and being present, you know, that takes some concentration for all of us, but it makes my heart so sad thinking you're having all these wonderful experiences and some of the joy and the ability to be present, it, it was robbing that because you were feeling behind or afraid. And you also talk about that. And then I'll, I'll go on to my next statement or question. Go, go ahead. Sure. sure yeah. I mean, that's really what I think anxiety did for me was it really like helped me I can't use the word help it really like took that time from me being able to be present with the greatness that was going on so you know when I did feel really anxious I'm about to move to Bolivia I'm in Ecuador you know I'm in Panama I'm doing amazing things I'm I'm in this amazing relationship I have new career opportunities, these exciting things, 
you know, and then anxiety comes on, which again is a normal part of the human experience. But the way I was resisting it, the way I was fighting against it, the way I was suffering through it made it so it was so painful. And it was like my whole world, like it really, you know, and I know we're going to talk about that, but at one point it really kind of was my whole world that I wasn't able to be in my life as deeply as I, I could be. And it's not just that. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who, um, when I coach, like I don't coach with the, the quote unquote woo, you know, but like the way we create the amazing things in our lives is by taking amazing actions, right? Like big, powerful actions. And this is what I teach my clients. Like it's really hard to take big, powerful actions when we're stewing in self-doubt or we're stewing in anxiety or we're stewing in fear. Like it's hard to go out and create amazing lives or relationships or careers or businesses when we're taking all of our action from a place of like terror. And that was something that I think was really like big for me. It was like, I felt like I always had to fight against it and and wrestle with it. And, you know, so all my actions, you know, when I was experiencing periods of anxiety were coming from this fear place. Like that sucks. Yes. (laughs) And it's hard to get an amazing result when like, that's how you're feeling. I look at my daughter and I think it's crippling for her sometimes. And I've had a few kids and my sister that all have pretty severe, I mean, different levels of anxiety, but what you're describing, maybe that's not the verbiage that you'd prefer, but where it's more severe, it happens more frequently. And when it happens, it's really debilitating. Mm. And she has, it's crippling anxiety and I see it and it's, it's painful to see that. I do have one question. This partner that you are with is love of your life. Are you still with the same person? Yes, we actually got engaged about a month ago now. So oh, yay. Okay, so that I have so many questions around that. <laughs> I have one more, I guess, comment. You can touch on it. And then I want to hit into what happened after you were 27. Yeah. That anxiety had become a literal habit. Yes. Like, oh, my God, that's... That's almost, to me, it's like an addictive behavior or a, yeah, it's a habit. I mean, it's like we all get up in the morning and I travel and it's like, no, you have crippling anxiety. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, lots of, most of my time I was, I was, I'm quite a confident person and I was quite a confident person, but there was definitely when something would trigger my brain, like it was just this path that my brain would go down. And, you know, working with the the coach that I worked with, she really helped me see that like, it's just, it really is like almost a habit for your brain. Like it just goes down this path. So maybe for a listener right now, they're like, oh, I always get so freaked out in relationships. I always have anxiety when it comes to relationships. I always think this person's going to leave or, you know, I'm not doing it right or they're going to cheat on me. And that's because our brain has been programmed to go down this path and to, to have this 
this habit that it's just, it's literally created a neural pathway, like a highway in our brain where our brain's just like, yep, we're just going to keep running this circuit. We're just going to keep running what we know. And for so many little parts of my life, but mainly around like my health, you know, when I would, when I would have moments, it would be just my brain, just like running the circuit. Like we know we're afraid. And I would even, could even know that about myself. And it was still tricky to come out of it. So it does like, it really is about learning how to think on purpose. Like that's what changed for me was instead of just giving what, like taking what your brain gives you, it's, thinking about what you want to think about so that you can reprogram your brain so that you're, you're actually changing the habit from, you know, terrorizing yourself to more gentler to self-love. It doesn't mean my brain doesn't still offer like scary thoughts and, you know, self-doubt and, you know, fear induced thinking. It just means that it's not the stuff that I listen to like I used to listen to. There came a point, you're 27 to 29, where you develop the psychogenetic pain, like it's physical pain created by mental factors. Mm-hmm. And you saw doctors, spent thousands of dollars, you appointments, equipments, books, pain relieving programs, anything you could for your back. And it, and it continued to pain and t- continue to increase. Now, for people that don't believe this, if there are any naysayers out there, I just have to say, if you're getting ready to give a talk, on a stage, because that's what one of the biggest fiercers out there, or you presented something when you were back in school, and I graduated 31 years ago, so if I can remember it, the rest of you can remember it, and you get so nervous, or like my husband, before he plays basketball game, he always has diarrhea. That's a really mm-hmm. sexy thing to talk about, right? Because you get <laughs> nervous. <very ball. laughs> You're, you have an emotion to the situation, nervousness, or even excitement, or adrenaline, or whatever, and your body has a physical reaction to the emotional state that you're in. Well, being excited about a game means you have to poop. Whatever it is, people who have to speak in front of a class throw up first. So it's really easy for me to make the connection to something that's emotional um, showing up physically, and that your body can even hold on to a lot of that stuff. And so your, the way your emotions were manifesting physically was in this horrible, excruciating back pain where you were abandoning your activities that you enjoyed and doctors didn't know and you felt hopeless. And of course, then your anxiety is at an all-time high. Yeah. And you explained that you were a complete and terrified mess. And I can't, I mean, I can completely relate with physically how you felt and emotionally how you felt and doctors looking at you like there's nothing wrong. So it's all in your head, basically. (laughs) Kind of what what you're hearing. And so tell me quickly about that because I really want to go into how you found a coach from that point, and you can just jump right into it, how that felt that two years, and then what made you hire a coach and then just jump right into that? Definitely. Um, So I was 27. That's a really young age to get back pain. Um, I got it doing a workout and I started getting help with, you know, going to physiotherapy 
And over about two years, I went to multiple physiotherapists, multiple doctors. I tried Pilates. I did yoga. I got a new mattress. I did, I had all this, like all these gadgets and books and like all these things. And the back pain just got worse and worse and worse. And I was really, really afraid. Like by the end of it, I was really afraid. I want to say for people that don't understand psychogenic pain, because I didn't understand psychogenic pain, um, you know, I don't blame you at all if you, if, if this seems really wild, because I only came to this understanding uh, when I was truly like out of options. I, I really stumbled upon um, a, a book from a doctor uh, his name's Dr. John Sarno, and he wrote books about the mind-body connection, exactly what you're talking about, Jen, and all these different ways that essentially, you know, our brains create pain or create sensations for us when there's no structural problem. So, you know, doctors weren't saying, they weren't exactly saying it's all in my head, but they were all kind of like, I don't know what it is. And you should be better. And, you know, I don't know what's going on. Um, and, you know, I don't presume to be an expert in this area. And this is not the coaching that I do. But I work with uh, a coach. And there are many coaches and therapists at a center called the Pain Psychology Center that work with people who are thinking that they could be experiencing psychogenic pain and working one-on-one -on -one together um, each week, you know, through this. And I think it's so like, like to paint this, to, to paint the picture, like I couldn't do the groceries. I couldn't, I, by the end of it, I like couldn't stand and cook. I was crying every night, all the time. I was always crying. I was so anxious. I, I didn't want to leave the house, like, because I was just always in pain and so afraid to hurt myself and afraid, you know, in general, this pain had kind of like consumed me. And I, I really thought it was a structural problem. And it was really like a, a dark time in my life. It was a really challenging time in my life. But that being said, I, I, I stumbled upon this, you know, this, this idea that these, teachings from Dr. John Sarno that led me to the Pain Psychology Center, that led me to working with a coach that I still work with today on just, you know, my own brain, like not even pain and anxiety related, but um, that really helped me learn how to learn what was going on for me. And for me, what she taught me was that it was not a structural problem. And of course, that's not something we just guessed. You know, we like all the doctors that I worked with helped me, you know, understand what was happening to me and, and understand that there wasn't anything obviously serious on an MRI or, you know. But from there, we talked and explored, you know, psychogenic pain and how to work through it. And really what it came down to was anxiety and 
it was creating like having anxiety, you know, almost at the back of your mind was, was really what it felt like for me at first was creating this pain. And then of course, as I experienced anxiety and I thought something was wrong with me, I got more anxious. And so the pain got worse and I got more anxious and the pain got worse. And then I was so anxious about being anxious. The pain's at an all time high. My anxiety is at an all time high, you know, I, I was alone until I really understood what was happening to me. The coach, you said, you're, that's when life really began to change. You could manage, manage and process the anxiety instead of avoiding it or pushing it away, which is kind of like letting the wind blow through you, in my yes. mind. And you, your back pain was gone in three months. You had a new way to relate to yourself and you, your relationship with anxiety. And it was, that's interesting because you were thinking doom and gloom anxious and had this pain. And all of a sudden you could process the anxiety. It's almost kind of like letting it in and like thinking about it, holding a ball in your hand, you know, I'm like, well, let's, let's look at this and see what it is and what is it saying and what is it doing? And then, shifting your brain from the usual pattern to a different one. And I love that you say your brain is lying to you. And we are really good at that, aren't we? Mm, the brain's really good at that. Yeah. You know, it, uh, yeah, like that for me, it was everything like you're going to die from rabies. You're, you know, you're going to lose all your money. You're going to, whatever it is, the future's going to be bad. You know, he's going to leave you. That was not something that I thought, but I see that all the time. Like I said the wrong thing. My boss is mad at me. Like whatever the thoughts are, we just sort of believe them. And, and this is the thing. And this is where coaching is so big. What my coach did for me, what I do with clients today is we actually look at our thinking and slow it down and separate what is true and what is not true. Mm. True is the facts of our lives, right? Like the circumstances that don't have any opinion that everyone would agree on, that there's no judgment on. And then there's everything we make those facts mean. So, you know, a fact is like the cat in Ecuador grazed my skin and my brain is telling me that the, that it's also a fact that you're going to die from rabies, but it's not a fact. And slowing that down, like we have 60,000 thoughts a day. It's hard to, to slow it down. And we're not conscious of most of those thoughts, but being able to slow it down and look at your thinking and look at how essentially it's treating you. Like what, the, what I think confidence really looks like is being able to trust yourself, to not abuse yourself, to be there for yourself when you're scared, to be open to feeling any feeling and know that you're going to be okay through it. You know, like that's something that I learned with my coach is that anxiety is your brain so often lying to you and that you can handle it, you know, and here's how you can handle it. Here are the tools that will make it easier to go through instead of this fight, you know, that I think it always is. 
you decided at some point to become a life and confidence coach because I love your, your story so clear that what you went through is what you're doing. We, I think all of us that are entrepreneurial spirits are, our business is born from the struggle hundred percent of the time. But sometimes like maybe you and I both grew up and were molested, but I make t-shirts with fun sayings on them. And you're like, you know, we, we have totally completely different directions that we go even from similar, but you're like not making t-shirts with happy sayings. You're really inspiring people in the way you were directly inspired. And I think that's fantastic. Yours is such a direct correlation. So you became a life and confidence coach. So all of the tools that you built, you got to give back to people. Tell me when you decided to do that and what the process was like, and that had to have changed you even more. Yes. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And Jen, I want to say I did have a business where I sold, like I designed apparel with, with messages on them, which is hilarious. I'm like, yes. I use that as an example all the time because I'm a minimalist, but I have this t-shirt thing and I figure I can have 50 cause they roll up so small. So I can still be a minimalist and I love like really funny sayings or stuff that makes you happy. So it's always my example because I just love t-shirts. So yeah. <laughs> And you could have yes. one. Yeah. So for me, you know, it was uh, like the, for me, the back pain, I remember thinking back pain was the worst thing that ever happened in my life. I remember being probably 28 around the time I was about to turn 29. And I thought it was the worst thing that could happen in my life. Like I just saw my whole future and I feel so differently about it now. It is the thing that like woke me up, you know, to my life. Like it asked me to change. It asked me to get help in a deep way. And yeah, just as you're saying, like it led me onto a path to deeper, you know, self-help, deeper confidence building. Um, I, my journey really looked like working with a coach and transforming my own life, you know, really being able to relate to myself differently. Like, you know, self-love, I think is something we talk about a lot and it's really nice and it's, it's a great on a t-shirt and it's great on a, on a Facebook quote, but self-love is like a game changing thing we can do to, for ourselves, like to ourselves, you know, the way we talk to ourselves is everything. The way we treat ourselves is the beginning of everything. And we don't even know how abusive we are. That was the start for me. And from there, you know, changing the way I talked to myself, changing the way I related to anxiety and experienced feelings that felt uncomfortable led me to more things that helped me grow. And I found, uh, you know, different coaches and different authors. Um, And from there, I just became a student of different coaches and different authors and really started studying and applying it to different parts of my life. You know, I, I mentioned I lost 35 pounds. I, you know, was able to make more money. I, I felt the courage to build a business. I changed so many things in my life. My relationships got better because I was growing my confidence. I was growing my capability and I was exercising my courage. And from there, it was just, it felt so natural to take the step and share tools with people because I knew I could, you know, I knew that we're not taught the stuff that 
can really help us feel better as human beings and do more as human beings and learn from our experiences. And I wanted to, to be a part of that. And I feel so excited, you know, that I get to work with people and help them manage their minds, help them like change their lives into the lives that they want. I usually ask at the end of a podcast, you know, advice you'd give to your younger self or things that you would Mm. tell a client, but I actually want to end discussing the relationship with your now fiance, because you're talking about over a decade of a relationship through all of this. And I'd love to end on how it had to have brought you closer together. What was his role in that? And how did, I don't, I don't mean this in a sense where he should have left you, but how did he stay with you through you, through that? And how did you grow together from it? Because I think that is the best example to us, that situation, as far as you, instead of you giving advice. Jen, I love that question because I love the man that I'm with (laughs) and he's such a gem. His name is Steve and we've been together 11 years and I really, I feel like um, my anxiety really started ramping up closer to the time that my back pain started, you know, like so the, the years leading up to it and it was really challenging. I mean, we've been together the whole time, but he really had to learn, you know, what it was like being around someone that experienced anxiety. He's someone who does not experience anxiety episodes. And, you know, he had, uh, you know, an experience having to understand what that was like, but he was amazing, honestly. It, It really... It really, like, I think it can really test a relationship when you are going through something really challenging. And he was there the whole way, and he was truly cheering me on from this belief in me when I I didn't have belief in myself, you know? Um, When I was in my back pain, that was the hardest point. Like, it was so difficult to be present in our relationship because all truly all I could ever think about was the back pain. I was in pain 24 hours a day. Um, You know, unless I was asleep, I was not conscious of it. Um, But he was there. And what's so amazing is, is, you know, he's seen me change over these many years now and been there as we've grown together. And it's really helped us grow as a, as a couple, but watched me grow in this way that was like transformational. And it becomes this, this deeper belief in ourselves, like in each other that will always have our backs that, you know, we went through this hard time and it really showed us like, we can always do this. We will always be there. And that's something that this amazing man always says to me is like, you know, I'll always have your back. Like it gets me choked up, but he's always been by my side, no matter how scared I was, no matter how hard it was, he is, is, and has always been someone who has supported me. So, you know, I feel like anxiety is something that is uncomfortable still, but I'm not afraid to feel it. And I'm not afraid to, 
go down paths that could make me feel afraid or doubtful or, you know, whatever feeling might come up because I have my own back and that's really where self-confidence comes in. But I have this amazing person beside me that I know is going to be there, you know, no matter what. So yeah, he's, he's an amazing one. I love it. But I, I feel like what you're saying is also, he just kind of supported you and was there and allowed, he was letting the wind blow through. (laughs) Yes. yes. Through this whole situation and just there for you and supportive. Cause I think for some people who are listening, it's the tips and tricks that get, that got you through. And you really said someone who who was a coach instead of someone in the medical field, which is great. But for those, uh, for those people who are listening, who are the support for someone going through it, what I'm hearing and you correct me is he supported you. He was just there. It was all okay with him. It wasn't this great big deal that he made. He was just there with you for it. He just allowed it to happen and stayed present for you. Yeah. I mean, he was, it was, I'll tell you, like, it was not easy. And he was not someone who complained a lot about, you know, I'm really thinking about when I was going through back pain, like it was not something that he added any stress to. I, I can feel pretty confident saying that, but I know it wasn't easy for him. How could it be easy when, you know, every single night you're, you're like crying and, and, afraid and you know it struggling every day like it's not easy and I think we also look to our partners to give us confidence when we don't feel like we have any and that was something that I I was really fortunate to lean on a partner who could believe in me when I couldn't believe in myself but at the same time really having to do the work on myself because it'll never be enough to just have someone believing in you. If like, we can't believe in ourselves, like someone telling us it's going to be okay. If we can't tell that to ourselves, it's so much harder. So that's really, I mean, what led me to do this work as both a coach and a student of that, of this work is being there, even though I had amazing supports, being there to help myself was the thing that really changed things for me. So yeah, it was, it, you know, it was challenging, but it was, um, it was something that we absolutely went through and we came out stronger. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.